my favorite teams in it, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, ever since I was a boy, I've always loved the Atlanta Falcons. And let's go. He'll throw to the end zone. He's got a wide open man and a touchdown to Darnell Mooney. Ball comes out and the Bears have it. Jalen Johnson picks it up. He's got the ball with blockers ahead and he's got a touchdown. Untouched into the end zone. Fields over the middle. Cool coming. I think it starts with the coaching first um, and taking accountability for that. I mean, yeah, I was hurting, but again, it was the last try of the game, so I tried to be there for my teammates and um, you know, fight through the pain. And coming at you from the basement of the basement of WCPTA 20 in Chicago, this is the Sports Cubicle, where the inmates run the asylum, and our boss, he's going to yell at us tomorrow morning because we're working overtime. Paulacious won. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have a good Bears game today, but I think you had some good news, right? Well, what do you mean by good news? Isn't that soccer thing you like so much happening? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's bittersweet, and I'll get to that a little bit later in this broadcast. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's underway today. I'm excited. I'm juiced for some soccer. But at the same time, this has already been a weird, weird World Cup, and it's only one game in. And we finally let you out of your little cage talk soccer today. Go Liverpool. Yeah, Paul's got a lot of stuff going on with the World Cup. Mercado and the Marvels, we're going to talk some Bears post-game. And, of course, me and Paul, we're going to make some bets. I, I think we can legally do that now, Paul. Uh, maybe, uh, as long as we go through an official provider of a sports book. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. FanDuel, sponsor us. So, Mercado, take it away. Another game ends in disappointment for our Chicago Bears with just a few seconds left on the clock as they fall to the Atlanta Falcons, 27-24, to 24, moving their record to 3-8. and eight. And we welcome you in to this Bears postgame show as the Bears fall to the Atlanta Falcons. And it is the marvelous one. Dan Marver, Devin Single, Paul Shavari, and myself, Mike Mercado. We want to thank you so much for making us a part of your day. And we're going to break this all down from Gordon getting a concussion to Justin Fields being taken on a cart to go get his shoulder evaluated. We're going to break that down and so much more. But really fast, Marvelous, before we throw it to you, what you saw on our TV screen today in the ATL, Justin Fields goes 14th for 21, 153 passing yards, one touchdown, and one interception. This is the number we're really going to be talking about today. Justin Fields rushing the ball. These are design plays called for him. 18 carries, 85 yards, and a touchdown. David Montgomery, the lead back with no Khalil Herbert, 17 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. On the receiving end, David Montgomery with a great catch, but three catches, 54 yards. Cole Komet, three catches, 35 yards, and an incredible catch himself. Darnell Mooney has four and a touchdown. Equinamia St. Brown with two for 24. Chase Claypool, the one they gave up a lot of draft capital for, only gets two receptions for 11 Yards, a huge shout out to Jack Sanborn for having himself a heck of a game. Of course, same thing with Brisker and Eddie Jackson, Kyler Gordon, as we mentioned, heading into concussion evaluation and marvelous. You know, the stats, you watch the game and it was another moment where things got dicey at the end, that play calling at the end, those three design runs to, to end this, this final drive for the bears watching Justin, slide and get hit in the head and even though there's different angles of that play still putting your quarterback in that position knowing full well he looked beat up those mm-hmm. legs for a young man looked beat up and that's how special and fast he is that he still is able to do those things but marvelous what did you see in this matchup against the atlanta falcons in atlanta <laughs> well there's been three games now where justin has been very good with running the ball uh passing some of the, you know, the couple choices you might question, but here's the bottom line. I think that they may have run him once too often because he's got a, a bum shoulder now, clearly. I mean, it's being evaluated as we speak, according to my information. So I don't know. That, it was his left shoulder. So I don't know if he should have even been in the game at the end if he was banged up that bad. He was in, in pretty a lot of pain several other times. So uh, I think that they – May actually lose them possibly. I haven't heard the full report yet, but we'll we'll keep keep you posted. In terms of the team, you mentioned the the stars: Sanborn, Br- Brisker, Gordon on defense, 
outstanding. And I think Claypool's only had five catches as our number one rec- new number one receiver in three games. Is it? Be- he's not. I don't know that he's being double teamed. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I just don't understand why he hasn't been more involved in the offense. So uh, the, the 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 pass to Montgomery was was terrific. I mean, the uh, you know, Fields was scrambling uh, and and he got an opportunity to send. Montgomery down the field and waved him down and put it right over the shoulder of the defender into his waiting arms. That was a beautiful pass. So I thought that was the highlight pass of the day. I think, you know, (laughs) I remember old friend Patterson. Yeah. (laughs) The seventh uh, TD. That's a, he's, he was, he's quite a returner and uh, that hurt us. And uh, so uh, again, another disappointing loss, three and eight. And uh, it's improving our draft position is the only positive thing. <laughs> yeah, the tank season continues strongly. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Cordell Patterson. Again, another X factor that costs the Bears a game. You know, there was a lot of things, the little, the death by paper, uh, paper cut, but you think about that's a special teams play again. Cost the Bears another victory. Back-to-back weeks, whether it's missed field goals or missed blocking and allowing the most dangerous returner in the game right now take one back to the house in a revenge game. So, I, you know, it just it, it goes to if you're looking big picture, this team is not ready to win. Good teams don't let that happen. Bad teams lose that way. And that's why they're at where they're at. And let's talk a little bit about this Justin Fields thing. And, and like the Marvelous said, we'll keep you up to date. We'll have our opinions as the news is breaking down. We are recording this right after the Bears fall to the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, 24 to 27. For the big news coming out of this game, Justin Fields being evaluated his left shoulder. We saw him wincing at the very end of that game. There's already video coming out of him being carted in the stadium in Atlanta. So this is now a moment where we know what the kid is tough fields. If you could say whatever you want from his days in Ohio state with messed up ribs, beating up on Trevor Lawrence, you know, this guy then, then looking into the teeth of Nick Saban with that, we know this kid is tough. We see it when he's out there. That's a lot of run for him. I know that's what he does. I know that's his specialty. I know that that's what makes him unique to other players, but there still is a development year. And I know I'm I'm asking for the the porridge, right? The the just right. Can't be too hot, can't be too cold, but you just saw what happened. If you lose a game or two of Justin Fields playing, that's evaluation time. That's time you're able for development. And I think what we just saw in this Atlanta Falcons game, this matchup against Atlanta, if you look at what they did with Mariota, they didn't trust Mariota's arm. And they did the exact same thing the Bears did. They ran, they ran, they ran, they ran. And the Bears did not, in that final draft, they looked slow. They looked confused. They looked hurt. There was no sense of urgency that final drive with a minute left in the game. And I don't know if it's because of the play calling, if because the players knew, like you mentioned, Marvelous, Fields probably shouldn't even been out there. But I think we just saw today, all the credit that Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus have had over the last few weeks, it was confirmed. It was reconfirmed. They don't trust him just in the pocket. And look, we I've been a, a, a proponent of he's going to get hurt in the pocket. He got a nasty sack in the pocket where I thought his knee got popped out. So I'm not here saying I need him to be Justin Herbert. But if, if you're going to let him air it out in that scenario, in a two-minute drill, it should be against this bad Atlanta Falcons defense, and it should be plays that are are getting the ball out. If you're not having them throw it down the field to Mooney, then get it to Komet, get it to Claypool. And we didn't see that in that last drive. Right, in the last drive, one thing you don't want to do is throw a pass too high. If anything, you want to throw it to, it's very close to the ground so that, he, that it can't be intercepted. That was That in his last interception was just – a bad throw, really. It was, it was it was waiting to be intercepted, so that was unfortunate. Um, and you know, again, it wasn't his right arm that was hurt, but I'm sure it didn't help that he was in, in discomfort at that moment. And he's still not getting all the calls that we would like to see for a young yeah. star in the league. But I also think he's he does it so often that the mm-hmm. refs are going to hold back a little bit because he is putting himself in a dangerous position, but Mm -hmm. that's what makes him so unique. And it's going to be up to Getsy 
Eberflus and Fields and the rest of this offense to get creative and do what makes them great in different ways that they're not so constantly putting themselves in danger. Now, I, as we move forward through this season, from what we just saw today, I think we're all comfortable right now in saying the Bears have a young quarterback worth investing in. And I don't mean just financially. I mean, this is your guy. You can you can now try to build as if you have your diamond in the rough, right? So how do you do this the rest of the season? You can't have them rushing the ball on design plays 18 times. 7 to 11, 12, okay, right? Like, that's a sweet spot. Nearly 20 in his second season, 22 games in, when you still have this promising offseason and draft coming up. I mean, are you are you doing kid gloves with him or we're playing football? He's going to have to get out there. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get hit at the very least. What what do you do? How would you handle this for the next five, six, seven weeks? It's funny because they've been more successful and he's been running more. And we were complaining that he should run more. But I was worried that what's probably happened now is what's going to happen when he was running less. Yeah. <laughs> and and still he's being sacked quite a bit. Not as much as before. He is, he's shown some tremendous elusivity, if there's such a word. Uh, and, 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 you know, in a couple of plays, it was remarkable that he got away. So I think going forward, since the season is not going to be a winning season unless they sweep and go nine and eight, that they, they should really be thinking about the future and maybe they don't want him to rush so much. And when they get, you know, their full complement of running backs back, they might want to rethink the offense just for the rest of the season, particularly if, you know, maybe Simeon will be playing quarterback next week. We don't know yet. And so that will change the picture too. <laughs> so they will, they will be playing a different, they won't, Fields won't be rushing for 18 year, 18 times. So we'll just have to wait and see. And I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea to, if he's at all hurts, feels it is to place him. And I mean, because I want to protect their investment for the future at this point. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Three and eight playing the Jets. Maybe he can play against the Packers that way. I'd rather see him play against the Packers than the Jets if he's a little bit dinged up. But if it's serious, it's not going to matter. So we have to wait and see on that. But I think that going forward, I'd like to see him have less scheduled running plays for him and, and not expose him as much. I want to get into the running game a little bit as we are breaking down this Bears Atlanta Falcons recap the fallout of the Bears falling to the Atlanta Falcons 24 to 27 here on the sports cubicle. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Tingle, and Paul Shavari throughout the show. I'm Mike Mercado. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. I'm on Twitter at Mike and Media and on Instagram at Mike. Mercado Media. I want to talk about this running game really fast. Marvelous one. It is the highlight you've mentioned about. We, we've been talking about design plays and how it it puts Justin in danger. And you have to find that sweet spot. And I think something that I'm kind of learning right now. And again, it's just one. I don't want it to seem hyperbolic because it's one game. But this is something that you could kind of put an entire tail to tape. Justin Fields is making this running game special. David Montgomery hasn't looked special. Khalil Herbert has burst, mm-hmm. has elusivity. Yeah, you know, all that stuff. You know, he's elusive. You know, he's, he's, he, but they're not, they're not Derrick Henry. No. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, yeah. it's, they're not doing, it's not like it's 50 50. It's 70% Justin. Yeah. And then it's them. And I think today we saw that. Now, I want to put it out there that it's also the offensive line. Because you're seeing what's going up up north in Detroit. They have a really good offensive line. And Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are able to eat, whether it's in passing yards or if you're or if you're just in need of a big goal line touchdown or one yard to convert to a first down. The Bears don't have that. Justin has to make the fields. And this is the best way I could kind of describe it. If it's a design run for Justin, they look special. The line looks special. Fields look special. The, the running game, everything looks great. But if it's a simple hike and handoff, it looks bad. Not mm-hmm. You could say average, but it doesn't look 
elite for what yeah. the numbers say. Yeah. Does that kind of concern you? Yeah, they're not, they're not. The blocking isn't that great. They, they should involve the tight ends and the and the fullback and blocking more. It's what I see with other teams. And one more thing, Fields. I'm not excited about the way that he slides to the ground and he needs to go to a safety zone, namely the sidelines more often, because once you get near the sidelines, they're not going to hit you for fear of getting the penalty. You can sort of dance the sidelines for a while. And some, some of the elusive quarterbacks do that. And uh, I'd like to see him do more of that because, if, you know, they're not going to hit him uh, anywhere near the sidelines because it's a penalty. Usually. <laughs> Does it worry you a little bit that, Somebody like a Kokomet when it comes to blocking, when it comes to those type of bodies like a Chase Claypool, they're not out there. Let's talk a little bit about that, where it's going to be the the talk. You you mentioned the Chase Claypool, five catches in the three games. What is it? Okay, I'm going to give Claypool the benefit of the doubt. Again, it's three games here in Chicago, young kid, and all that. But it didn't work out in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin's a hell of a coach. He did pick Mitch Trubisky to be his captain Mm. and starting quarterback to start the season. But nonetheless, we give him the benefit of the doubt. How do you, how are they not utilizing? Why aren't we seeing them out there? Is fields not comfortable with them? What is it with the bears not being able to utilize huge bodies like Chase Claypool, Coca Mets, and then being able to parlay that with the speed of Darnell Mooney. Yeah, I thought that Claypool's presence would make Mooney more dangerous. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, maybe it will eventually, but so far not so much. And some of these other guys have participated in, in you know, in the receiving core, but uh, I haven't seen anybody that, that stands out so far. I mean, they, they do distribute to different receivers, so I will give them that. I mean, so, uh, you know, so they do actually uh, sometimes have, you know, different different targets, shall we say. You know, for him, such as you know, St. Brown and and uh, you know who is was involved today. He did get only two catches, which <laughs> ties him with Claypool, twenty-four yards. So, and I thought, you know, I thought Ebner was decent as a running back, but we, I think, we need Herbert back. <laughs> now, I, I, I think this is what's interesting, where you can also correlate what they're going to have to do this, this coaching staff, wh- whether it's Luke Getzee or it's Matt Eberflus and it's, it's what Ryan Post was putting together. Bayless Jones was playing today. We saw him return and it was a big run. A lot of struggles early on in the season. And Nikhil Harry was inactive. So if you're going to have Bayless Jones and you don't trust him for different things, do you do the Debo Samuel Cordo Patterson type of play with him? Just get a dangerous runner the ball. I mean, Marvelous, over Uh, these next few weeks with a player like that, with trying to monitor where Fields is, do you try to get creative? Do you just try to throw the entire kitchen sink and see what you could take into next season? Sure. I mean, I thought that they a couple times they commit running the ball on short yarded situations, like, you know, it's third and one, and and the the big body uh, can get that yard. You know, so that's not a bad play. And then the the, the wide receiver run, there's they've had some success with that. But they, you know, it it does give some more for the defense to think about if if they, you know if you do have some other options. So I'd like you know I think that they've done a pretty good job with the offense and being more varied in the last three or four games. But they don't have any wins to show for it in the last three, which is you know it's very disappointing. Again, like I said last week that. They, they, close but no cigar. Great for draft position, but disappointing for the record. <laughs> yeah, it, it's how disappointed will you be if Trevor Simeon is starting next week for the Chicago Bears? Oh, if, if Fields is is not physically able to pay, play, of course I want the the backup to play. I mean, uh, the fact of the matter is, it's not three, but they've lost four games in a, you know in a row now, and and the the you know and the, and the needles heading south, but yet. We have our prize quarterback that's that's developed into a terrific runner, and it's a mixed blessing, like I've been saying. It's great that he has that great skill, but it's not paying off with wins, and it's dinging him up. So uh, it would not – I mean, it wouldn't be a bad thing to have Simeon play next week. I wouldn't be disappointed because if there's a physical reason for, <laughs> for Fields not to play, he should not play. Period. No, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very, a very good point. I think – yeah, 
I think we all know what the goods are, or at least what the ingredients are that we could at least bring to the dinner table next season. Uh-huh. So take your time. Don't just rush them out there for no reason. The wins lost thing is so fascinating because as fans, I think it's more than okay to want wins to want to make the team to want to go to the playoffs to, you know, it's not our responsibility as fans to worry about payroll and draft status. And we we're the fans. We get to want to want them to win. I hope the players want to win. I think it's Ryan Poles' job more than Matt Eberflus because Matt Eberflus and that coaching staff better want to win every game. It's mm-hmm. up to Ryan Poles to be the level-headed adult quote unquote adults in the room in the, in this specific scenario, make sure you're, you know, you're watching this season, but you have the big picture in mind because we can sit here week to week and be upset and want the wins and think back about, they should have had Washington. They let one go against New York. Oh my God. Miami was right there. How can we let it slip from Atlanta? But they need to make sure that if they're in the position that they think they have their quarterback, we may think so, but if they finally got it, that they, if it's click for them, they better do what's best for him and that organization, because you don't get many chances at the apple when it comes to it. And I think we're seeing it today. If you take it away like that, mm-hmm. you know, you, 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 have seen it around the league. You know, do you want to go back to being the Carolina Panthers? It's like you, you, they better hit on this. Marvelous. Let's talk a little bit about next week. Thanksgiving week <laughs> is upon us here in America, in the United States. For all us who are listening to us here on the Sports uh, Cubicle, thank you so much. We hope you're having a wonderful weekend and a wonderful holiday season coming up. But it is the Chicago Bears at the Meadowlands against the New York Jets who found a way to jets it up and lose to the New England Patriots. Unbelievable a game, 3-3, three to three, until a punt return touchdown. Are you kidding me? The AFC East is a crazy division right now. Marvelous. You know, again, we talk about frustrations. At least, I, I think we're better off than if Zach Wilson was under center for the Chicago Bears. But mm-hmm. what do you think about this matchup? Robert yeah. Sala is going to bring a tough defense with the Jets in that that Justin Fields or Trevor Simeon are going to see in New York next mm-hmm. week. How do you uh, – what do you see uh, early on into next week's matchup? Well, I'm looking at the Jets, and they're definitely a playoff contender. Bear in mind, two weeks ago, they beat the Buffalo Bills, who are arguably the best team in the AFC. And they've now been swept by the Patriots, you know, by by less than a, t- a score in, in each in each game. So, I mean, they're, they're a tough team. So, uh, again, <laughs> it's another road game. Another game where you know they're going to be challenged, but you know, can we stop the running game? They, you know, Wilson runs, but they've got Carter, who had eight carries today, and and Robinson, who they, you know, seven carries who they just picked up. So I don't know. It's a uh, Wilson wasn't that impressive today, nine of twenty-two, and uh, so uh, if they can stop the running game, they might be successful. It looks like to me, and in uh, next week in the Meadowlands, so it'll be another tight game. Might come down to special teams again, <laughs> but uh, you know we, we've had problems with the running game, and I, you know, they don't seem to have a real stud that I'm aware of. I mean, they do have James Robinson now, who's a pretty good player out of Illinois State, who was with Jacksonville. It's now a Jet, so you might want to watch out for him as a as a wild card. But uh, the the only other runner that they have that I'm aware of is Michael Carter, that's out of North Carolina, that's been you know, their main man. So if we can stop that running game. We will, we will be successful next week against the Jets. Do what we're doing. We'll see. We'll see. You know, I don't, can't tell you if Fields will be there or not. But uh, you know, good. We we can really beat this team. I think. Yeah, you're gonna have to make sure that you keep the guy like you mentioned, Michael Carter and Adrius Robinson in check. Garrett Wilson, a heck of a receiver. Got to make sure Justin Fields has a lot of knowledge of a Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. <laughs> so you got to make sure that you keep uh, him in check. And I think you know. Zach Wilson will give you the game if you let him. So this defense has a chance. Will Kyler Gordon play? Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson. How will they all get together? How will they all get healthy? How will they all bounce back? Can A huge shout-out to uh, Jack Sanborn, who has made himself some money in this league now. As if he stays healthy and he can, he'll have a, a, a spot next year. That's, that's the thing for a big, a lot of NFL fans when it comes to these bad teams. These teams that are on this record, a lot of guys are playing for their future. A lot of these guys are playing mm. for next year because it's not guaranteed. And this is a game the Bears can win. It's going to be tough 
You know, I don't think you're going to see a lot of greatness from Chase Claypool with Sauce Island out there uh, matching up against him or Darnell Mooney. You have to be careful with uh, Tyler Conklin, their tight end. I think this is a great matchup for Cole Komet to get a lot of targets, to really utilize him in that sense. But we'll see how the running game goes. You can only – David Montgomery is about to become a workhorse. So we'll see how well that goes and what happens if anything happens to him. But it's early on in the week. Obviously, we're just coming off of this Atlanta game. But if you don't have Justin Fields heading into New York, I think it's going to be a long day in the Meadowlands for Chicago. And it doesn't get any easier for the Bears where, you know, you, you have that that matchup after Thanksgiving and then you thought you were feeling good. The vibes are good, babe. But then Green Bay comes to Chicago December 4th. So it's a tough few weeks for the Bears and, and Bears Nation, Marvelous. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the defensive star for the Jets seems to be their linebacker, C.J. Mosley. So we may want to keep an eye on him, too, because he's, he's he's had the 50 solo tackles so far this year, tied for sixth in the league. So that's a guy we might want to, you know, keep an eye on next week, too. So, um and again, they're 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 a winning team. They're in the playoff hunt. They, their two losses to New England have really hurt them. So they'll be hungry for a win at home. So uh, hope for the best. It depends upon our, the injury uh, sheet for us. And uh, uh, I just hope that they're not too down on themselves. I would think that, that there may be some of the players now that that are feeling a little bit frustration. And and uh, and, and I hope it doesn't set into the level of play. Yeah, it's really it's a astute point you bring that up, and you know it's really interesting. It's really important to also add on how much turnaround this roster is going to have next year, and I think that's something that we have to keep in mind. Who is Justin throwing the ball to? Who is this defense right now? Who in this defense besides the young secondary is going to be here next year? We found out Jack Sanborn, and that's because of moving Roquan and Robert Quinn, great players, but you needed to find your, your next group of young guys that are going to cover this defense. And hopefully Matt Eberflus is able, is able to coach up, but this was a frustrating game. Marvelous. I think more than anything, it was entertaining at points. It was ugly at points and it was a very stereotypical way. The Chicago bears are losing games this season. A bad interception from Justin Fields. I've been well, I've been the conductor of the Justin Fields fan club. He did not play great today. There were spectacular plays that he made. He looked phenomenal at different points. But you could see that those legs are beat up. You could see that he's getting hit a lot. And now you have to worry about this shoulder injury that he had coming into this season. So this is as as many times as we talked about good losses. And good and a good tank win, if you will. This feels like, yeah, you won in the tankathon, but the vibes aren't good because it just didn't quite look, it didn't end the way these other games ended, where it was almost out of your hand and it was, oh, darn it. We can always think into the back of our mind, what if? No, they had the ball. The coaches had the chance to show what they have in their playbook and they all just kind of let it run down their pants. And whether it's because of an injury, whether it's because they don't have the talent or they don't think that they have enough talent to pull it off, that's what we saw on this game. Marvelous. Any <laughs> final thoughts this week? A frustrating week, but a, a week where we're thankful that we at least know the Bears have a quarterback and we have each other and our audience <laughs> to talk it out and have sure. some sports therapy. Right, right, right. Therapy. This will be a good week for the for the uh, uh, Chicago area psychologists and psychiatrists, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, a twenty four twenty seven outcome. Your final thoughts of this matchup against Atlanta yeah. and next week, the Thanksgiving weekend against the Jets. Again, the stats are the stats. They're three and eight, and uh, they're they're performing even a little worse than I expected. I said, I mean, it may be hard pressed. <laughs> to get six wins at this point, because don't forget, after Green Bay, hit Philadelphia and Buffalo. So now I'm worried about them meeting my uh, my projection, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
We'll leave you with this one. All right. A little early Christmas present for all the people listening to the sports cubicle as we break down the Chicago Bears falling to three and eight as they drop Mm -hmm. to the Atlanta Falcons 27 to 24 in Atlanta. If the Bears, because I think the Houston Texans are probably going to get the number one overall pick. If you have the opportunity, would you say, okay, I want to see Fields play maybe two, three, four more games. But then after that, are you willing to give up two, three, four potential games of film for Fields to guarantee a top three draft pick? <laughs> okay. You like tanking? <laughs> yeah, like really tanking. Like, you know what? Those legs are a little too sore, Justin. Why don't you take off week 14, 15, 16, and 17? Yeah. Well, that's a possibility. Uh, the way things are going, I'm just, I'm already looking at the, the 2023 draft. <laughs> Wide receivers, uh, linebackers, you know, uh, everything. So uh, I'm already I'm already putting this season in the in the in the trash. I think so. That would be fine with me at this point. It, it wouldn't bother me a bit if they if they uh, arrested Fields uh, legitimately. Um, for a game or two, you know, for the rest of the year. I mean, they have a number of games left. I mean, they have the next week, the Jets, and then, like I said, the Packers, uh, the Eagles, Bills, and then they have uh, the divisional rivals to end at Detroit, Minnesota. So um, there are a number of games left. But uh, on the other hand, I, I would like to get a full evaluation of uh, the health of our quarterback before uh, commenting on what should happen. And if there's any doubt at all, I would I would rest him, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. If there's any, any ounce, any inch, any inkling that he's a little hurt, he's a little sore, not, not football, you know, everyday player. So I'm talking about like, Ooh, that's a little weird. Don't play him. You know, you already know, you know, he's not going to be throwing to all these dudes besides Claypool and, and Mooney and Komet. And here he has his, his connections with Mooney and Komet. Now, if it's just something football players play football, just like, you know, accountants account, you know, like <laughs> you do what you do, but if it, this is no longer like he has to prove himself. If he's doing it to think that I need to earn the spot, he's earned it. Mm-hmm. So if he could play, he could play. But if, if you have any doubt, it's already on film, make sure your, your investment and this guy are ready for when it matters the most. Mm-hmm. And that's, you could think that as a fan, or you could think the opposite. That's your right as a fan, but that's how I want Ryan Poles to be thinking about this. Mm-hmm. But Marvelous, before yep. I let you go, we have Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, what is your favorite Thanksgiving entree? <laughs> your favorite Thanksgiving meal? What is it that the Marvelous loves <laughs> to have on a Thanksgiving meal? The must. I mean, obviously the turkey, but I, but I can't avoid the 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 apple pie or the you know or some kind of pie with my sweet tooth i can't you know i can't avoid that so i have to confess that the that the desserts are are, are critical boy, <laughs> there it is so okay are you and the marvelous family are you early thanksgiving dinner eaters or late <laughs> thanksgiving dinner eaters yeah it's varied over the years it's uh it used to be where there'd be uh, two families to go to. So we'd go early and late, but that's <laughs> changed over the years. Yeah. So it, it's more of a, of a mid afternoon, you know, uh, usually right, right. When the f- first game's ending and the second one's starting somewhere. There, there. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Last one, dark meat, white meat, which one yep. is the first they're all delicious, <laughs> but which one do you go to first? Oh, I, I'm a, I, I prefer the white meat really. So. You know, that's a that's a go to for me. Dark yeah. meat for eggs the next morning with ham. Oh, yeah, absolutely. White sure. meat to start Thanksgiving yeah. with right. a little bit of gravy. I need absolutely. cranberry sauce. I need macaroni and right. cheese. And for me, as a Latino man, yes. after Thanksgiving means yeah. it's tamale season. Yeah, and don't forget to say what you're thankful for. Really? Oh, marvelous! What yeah. are you thankful for, my friend? What are you thankful for? <laughs> <laughs> obviously family health friends uh all the all the obvious things how about you 
Yeah, same. I mean, I'm obviously uh, thankful for our amazing audience here. My amazing co-hosts, the Marvelous One, Dan Marver, Devin Tingle, Paul Shivari, uh, my beautiful wife, all our significant others who put up with our nonsense when it comes to sports. Right. And the fact that we, you know, even all the ups and downs that we've had a blessed, healthy yeah. year. And uh, it's amazing that we get to talk sports for a living. And more than that, yeah. the other stuff we do in our life is you know is possible is 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 going gra- well for us you know it's, it's gravy it's great as you gravy. it's gravy <laughs> and um yeah i mean i i just i think and on top of it all when we talk about bears football it's not bad anymore no, it's no. not a nightmare anymore right well, but I, I, you know <laughs> we will get talk about other sports but i'm not i will say this I, I'm worried about the Bulls too. They have some internal controversy, but we can talk about that another time. <laughs> oh, uh, you see now, now you're now you're teasing Christmas presents already. The, the stockings, right, there it is. Right. But we all wish you a wonderful, healthy Thanksgiving. If you are here in the United States, if you're anywhere else, all the holidays you have coming up. We hope you guys have a safe and healthy one. Whether you do it by yourself, whether you don't celebrate it, or you have big bashes, just make sure you're being safe. You take care of each other because more importantly, we want to make sure you are here with us enjoying all the sports. So that means if you're drinking Uber, get a ride. (laughs) Don't drink and drive. For the marvelous one, Dan Marver. For Devin Single. For Paul Shivari. I'm Mike Mercado. The Chicago Bears drop to 3-8. and They lose to the Atlanta Falcons 24 to 27. Keep up to date with everything that happens with the Justin Fields interview and the injury when that comes out on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you want to see the video version. YouTube.com slash Mercado Airwaves Network. Leave a comment down below your thoughts of this game. I'm on Twitter at Mike M Media and on Instagram at Mike Mercado Media. We have a lot left here on the Sports Cubicle with the marvelous ones, Dan Mark, Devin Tingle, Paul Shivari. I'm Mike Mercado. Well, as of earlier today, the World Cup is underway with Ecuador beating the host country, Qatar, 2-0. It was the first of 164 games. This is the first time in four years that we've seen a World Cup game, and I know what you're thinking if you don't really pay attention to soccer too much. World Cup in November? That seems odd. Well, yes, of course, because the host country, Qatar, is in the Middle East, very warm climate needed to be held at this time of the year. And if you liked the Winter Olympics for its... A complete ignoring of human rights violations by the host country as the world comes together, then you will like what Qatar has in store for you. This year's edition of the tournament, the 22nd in history, has been shrouded in controversy, starting with the way that Qatar obtained the World Cup. Now, it was alleged and then since proven through a report that there was corruption within FIFA, the governing body of soccer or football around the world, and that bribes may or may not have been taken to obtain uh, votes for Qatar to be named the 2022 host, uh, along with the 2018 host, which was Russia. Now, the Russian tournament, as far as we know, went out with any sort of major glitches, but this tournament already has had some red flags pop up in addition to the bribery. So, of course, there was migrant workers brought into this tiny country to build a lot of new state-of-the-art stadiums uh, to uh, appease the qualifications to to land land the World Cup. Some of the migrant workers were housed in uh, really terrible conditions. There's been reports of migrant workers that have died as a result of this. And, of course, with some of the local laws and restrictions in Qatar... Uh, there was talks of, you know, what will are there going to be a loosening of restrictions, uh, you know, such as uh, some of the conservative dress wear for for women, uh, the consumption of alcohol in public, as we know that this is a very festive atmosphere where uh, people do like to drink. And some of these other countries, um, you know, drinking is kind of rampant and almost sometimes a, a bit of a problem. And, and of course, Qatar assured that, um, you know, there would be designated areas to drink. They would be serving alcohol uh, and especially be serving alcohol in the stadium per their agreement with Budweiser, who's the official beer sponsor of the tournament. Now, just the other day, 
it was announced that Qatar would not allow the sales of alcoholic beverages inside of the stadiums, in which Budweiser replied with a tweet that's now has been since deleted on Friday morning, saying, well, this is awkward. And earlier in the week, it was announced that uh, the beer tents in the fan festival areas were supposed to be kind of hidden from the main area, kind of out of sight, uh, you know, not not so much uh, in your face, you know, in, in um in, in public view. And, you know, already I think Budweiser has a, a hefty case of a, a breach of contract violation. So now we'll see what the further results of this tournament is going to be. You know, are there going to be another loosening of restrictions? Will there be people falsely imprisoned during this tournament? Um, and as far as the football on the field, controversy in the early minutes of the game as Ecuador scored a clear goal on a header even some of the announcers were questioning it. And VAR, the virtual assistant referee, nixed the goal and it went back to 0-0. And then ended, ended up being a victory for Ecuador anyway. But of course, already this is just minutes into the tournament. I don't know if you've seen some of the housing that they have for them. It uh, basically looks like uh, shipping containers that they're having some of the cheaper housing, which goes for about $200 a night with some of these dwellings. We'll see if this ends up being a bigger controversy as the tournament goes on. We still have about a month until it wraps up. There's 64 total matches. One has finished today. The United States will play tomorrow their first match, 1 o'clock here Central Time in Chicago. The United States, t- States takes on Wales. Uh, but, but other than that, you got a pretty good schedule going forward this week. And, of course, with it being during this time of the year, you have, you know, Thanksgiving with World Cup football and, of course, American football on at the same time. Uh, so it's going to be interesting that you can start your day off with Ronaldo on Fox as Portugal plays and then followed up by Brazil, one of the favorites of the tournament to uh, play after that, followed by the Dallas Cowboys. Nothing says Thanksgiving like Brazilian soccer and Dallas Cowboys football. As for the on the field storylines of the tournament, you have the defending champions, France, uh, the host Qatar, not really a favorite, uh, it, it, you know, as normally favorites may or may not be or, or hosts would be favorites. Uh, but Brazil, of course, with the most World Cups all time with five. Uh, a lot of people feel that uh, this could be the year that Argentina wins and uh, Lionel Messi can finally put a World Cup in his arsenal of trophies in his uh, his career. Uh, the same could be say, said about Cristiano Ronaldo. I think Portugal, though, not as big of a favorite as, uh, you know, per se as, um, you know, Argentina. But Brazil, Argentina, uh, Belgium, Netherlands, France, those are some of the bigger teams heading into this. Um, you know, England, maybe, you know, and, and of course, the United States has England in their group, Group B. So on Black Friday, uh, that should be an exciting one in the afternoon as those two teams will face off England and the United States. They last faced off in the World Cup back in 2010. Um, but yeah, your your groups look pretty interesting. Group A, Ecuador, who won today. Netherlands, Senegal, Qatar, who lost today. Group B, England, Iran, United States, and Wales. Group C is Argentina, Mexico, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. Group D is Australia, Denmark, France, and Tunisia. Group E is Costa Rica, Germany, Japan, and Spain. Group F, Belgium, Canada, Croatia, and Morocco. Group G is Brazil, Cameroon, Serbia, and Switzerland. And Group H is Ghana, South Korea, Portugal, and Uruguay. This is the last year with the 32 teams, the uh, eight groups with four teams each. Starting in 2026, which is a shared bid, the United States, Mexico, and Canada all hosting in 2026. That'll be a 48-team tournament. So this is the last year of this current format. The way that it would work out with those eight groups this year, the top two finishers in each group would go on to the knockout rounds, the remaining 16 teams, and then it would break down in bracket style where you know winners and losers each game all the way until it gets down to the final match, which is to be played on December 18th. But for now in the group stage, uh, with these uh, four-team groups, there's you know three games for each team. Um, you know, and then three points for a win. Well, one point for a draw, no points for a loss. And of course, the top two teams advance from that group into the next round. If you wanted to know the United States schedule, like I said, they play on Monday here tomorrow, one o'clock. United States playing on uh, playing Wales 
And then Black Friday, 1 o'clock Chicago time, England versus the United States. And then on Tuesday, November 29th, 1 o'clock local time here in Chicago, the United States plays Iran. Now, while the United States plays Iran, that's when Wales and England would play each other from that group. Um, just the games played simultaneously so that there's no, um, you know, sort of tanking going on to, um, you know, allow certain teams, you know, uh, through the draw, you know, for the the fairness of the competition. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it's a, a great tournament. All the games will be on Fox and FS1 here locally, as well as streaming on Peacock Premium. And uh, we're hoping for a safe tournament. We're going to keep you uh, up to date on what's going on as we cover this here on the Sports Cubicle. Paul, I grabbed you because I believe as of right now, there are about 216 free agents in Major League Baseball. 216, that sounds, I mean, you know, not that I know the exact number, but it's it's more than just the big ones. Everyone talks about the top 50 free agents, but yeah, 200 sounds about right. Doesn't mean that they're all going to sign in Major League Baseball, and I'm not sure if that includes uh, Japanese players that are posting to the United States, because there's at least um, uh, one pitcher that, that people are looking at right now. And then there's guys that did play overseas that might come back to Major League Baseball. Well, we got Mr. Baseball Weekend Journal here. So, Paul, uh, rapid fire. I'm going to name every one of the 216 free agents, and I want you in less than 10 seconds to tell me where they're going to go. All right, Are you it's going to be a total guess. Total guess. We're not going to do that, though. I, I don't want to oh, okay, put you I can do that. it, but I totally we don't have guess, a t- yeah. And we don't have a two-hour window just for this here. But um, okay. I thought this would be fun if we can go through about – I got 30 free agents here. Some are big names and some are guys that played for the Cubs and the White Sox here. Where we predict they're going to go, and then I'd say around opening day, we're going to come back to this list. We're going to see who got it most, and uh, the winner has to buy the loser a Khalil Mack jersey. I don't know about a Khalil Mack jersey, but maybe maybe lunch or something. I don't know. Those are on sale for like ten bucks right oh, now. Okay, so that's All what right. I'm saying. Okay. And right. if you want to play with us, I will post this on the Sports Cubicle Twitter page. You can copy it, and if you can beat me and Paul, we'll give you a Khalil Mack jersey. Oh wow! I know we got prizes now, Paul. We're moving on big, so um. <laughs> I got my little list here. These are about thirty, and I say thirty and a half. Okay, but we're and a th- half. What's well, you'll 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 get to the half. I'm sure. I'm gonna close with the guy who's the half because okay. we're gonna start really big here. Don't so, do um, Larry Garcia dirty like that. He's not a free agent. Oh, okay. <laughs> so number one on my list, I started off with uh, catchers Wilson Contreras. I think he'll end up on the Cardinals. That's the strong speculation. Uh, now that they they have uh, Yadier Molina's retired, Andrew Kniezer's not gonna be a a solid number one for them. Um, that would be my best guess. I said the Cardinals too. This is very disappointing here, and all, all because we can pick the same teams. By the way, we won't tie most likely, but definitely I agree with you. The whole Yadier Molina is gone. Wilson Contreras is still at a decent young age. You can kind of you know get a few good years out of him. I think that might not sit well with Cub fans. You know, like where does that sit with Cub fans in terms of they were upset that Rizzo, Baez, all those guys got traded. You know, in in that one trade period. But those were things that the Cubs could help, the organization. This is something they can't necessarily help. They gave him the qualifying offer, but they're letting him go. They couldn't sign him to a long-term deal. So, I mean, I I wonder how that would sit with Cub fans seeing Contreras in a Cardinals uniform. Well, let's see if we can make Cub fans happy and upset White Sox fans. Jose Abreu. He might go to the Cubs. Is that your pick? That's my my pick. I'm going to say the Houston Astros. Okay. I definitely think, you know, especially with Trey not producing and definitely not getting, um, basically after the World Series, they basically told him we're not going to keep him. It'd definitely be a good, they need a first baseman here, and I think Abreu could be their answer. I wouldn't be surprised if he still ends up on the White Sox, but I highly doubt it. You know, it's it's just unfortunate that he never got like a fanfare or going away party, because if you think about it from Frank Thomas to Paul Canerco to Jose Abreu, the White Sox have had solid first basemen for 30 years, give or take. I know that Thomas was a DH for a lot of his career and it wasn't like a simple transition, but I mean, when you think about that, of like that guy in, you know, your number three, four or five hitter for 30 years having a solid guy like that, that just says a lot. So wherever Abreu goes, um, you know, proud that he played for the White Sox, 79 will always mean something, but seeing him on the north side is going to be a little different. I don't want to see him on either of these teams. I literally hope we're both wrong. I think you're going to be wrong. I think I might be wrong, but I think the Cubs are the more likely candidate between the two. All right, let's go on to Josh Bell then, another first baseman. That's going to be hard. I think he'll go back to the Padres. I think just the way that they were building, they've moved on from Eric Hosmer. It seemed like he fit with the club. I I think I keep him there on the Padres. 
I'm going to say Astros again just in case they don't get a break. Because you think they need a first baseman. And they I think do. That's, uh, Yuli Gurriel really struggled this year. Jordan Alvarez can't really play that position. So, yeah, they're going to be looking for a first baseman. Let's move on to second baseman. Brandon Belt. I, Giants. I, I think he just, you know, I, I can't see him leaving San Francisco because he's kind of a fan favorite. But at the same time, it's not like Abreu is going to stay in Chicago, or at least on the south side anyway. So why not belt at uh, first base still for the Giants? I said uh, Giants, too. This is very boring now that we have two. But, uh, <laughs> Don't worry, it'll start getting interesting. Yes, uh, next we got Gene Segura, you know, the big second base free agency out there. All right, here, I'll throw this out here. Uh, the White Sox. Really? Yeah, I think, I think if they're going to go after one big free agent this year, though they should go after some pitching. Of course, you know, I, I wouldn't count bullpen as, you know, big pitching because, you know, they're tied into... Uh, Liam Hendricks, and I think Kendall Graveman is still under contract for another year. So, you know, you can't really point to a bullpen guy and be like, oh, they're going to go after that blockbuster move. Maybe some starting pitching for the White Sox, but I think they're going to try and improve the infield, and the most organic way they can do it is with a free agent if they can't make a trade. I think that's the best possible free agent that they could go after for second base and that they're going to try and make that happen. Now you say that. I think he's going to stay in Philadelphia, actually. Okay. I definitely see this team has the money to spend. And after making it to a World Series, they're definitely going to keep it going here. And next, Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier. Uh, Rockies. I don't know. I'm, I'm just guessing at this point. I, I said he's going to go back to the Pirates. Okay. Cool. And then Cesar Hernandez. Nationals, if he's even in the league. Really? Yeah. I think he's going to come back to the White Sox. Oh, I hope not. All right. And then, of course, our good old, White so- our, uh, good old Josh Harrison. I I think he'll end up being like a backup on like the Marlins or something. I I couldn't even think of a team for him, so I just I'm gonna you you automatically unsigned win this one. unsigned. I, I mean I would have said unsigned, but I'm just gonna throw a team out there. But you get points if he's unsigned, right? Exactly. Sure, we'll work with that. Okay. And then we got uh, another big name, Trey Turner. Trey Turner, I think, will stay with the Dodgers. But look for the Braves. Depending on what they do with Dansby Swanson, look for the Braves to be a candidate. Now, it's very interesting to say that I'm very torn here, and I kind of want to say Boston if, Bogert's, if Bogert does not resign. Yeah, Xander Bogarts, yeah. But if he does, that's going to kind of make a thing here. So I think I'm going to actually, I got Baltimore, Boston, the Yankees here, and I honestly think I'm going to go with the Yankees here because this team needs more than home run hitters. They need some contact and some speed, and that's what Turner is going to provide here. Okay. All right, Carlos Correa. Correa ends up on the Cubs. Really, you think that? Yeah, Mercado and I have a uh, have kind of a, a gentleman's bet of sorts with that. Uh, he thinks Judge is going to the Cubs. I think Correa is going to the Cubs, but I don't think him. both are gonna are be landed there. I actually think he's gonna go to the Dodgers here because I do not think they're gonna keep Trey Turner. Here. And that's that's been another thing that's been talked about too. Of you know wherever Swanson ends up. Turner would go to the Braves because Correa goes to the Dodgers. And, and that could be really interesting. Those are some big, those three shortstops right there are very quality shortstops. I think almost bigger than the what happened last year with Corey Seager and Marcus Semien being available. And then Xander Bogarts. I, I think he stays in Boston. You think that. I think he's going to go to the Cubs because that's been a team he's actually admit, you know, said he's very interested in going to. And they definitely a shortstop right now and they definitely got the money to and spend. And the Cubs should strike while the iron's hot on a shortstop in this offseason. I just think they're going to go after Correa. But Bogarts could be it too. And that, like I said, it just kind of jumbles things around when you have those names involved. And then we got Dansby Swanson. I think he stays with the Braves. I know I'm kind of boring here where guys are staying on their on their teams, but I think there's something to be said. You know, I, I said the same thing here. You know, like especially because Swanson performed well in the playoffs last year and this year. You know, he's won a championship with them. They traded. If you remember, he was the number one overall pick, uh, picked by the Diamondbacks, and it was like the you know one of the most interesting moves of the 2015 winter meetings. I just think they're going to commit to him. But then again, you know, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes of what conversations and whatnot. I'm shocked that Freddie Freeman was on the Dodgers this year after the time he spent in Atlanta. All right, and of course we've been arguing this off the air. Elvis Andrews. I don't think he ends up on the White Sox. I think he's auditioned to remain in the league. I just don't know who's going to shell out that type of money for him. But I'll say since Correa is no longer on the Twins, I think he'll end up on the Twins. I say White Sox through and through. Let's spring training. Just prove it all out. And you want him to play second base. Exactly. Okay. And then uh, White Sox, Danny Mendick. Not on the White Sox. Um, just to throw a team out there, maybe... Uh, the A's, Oakland A's. I said Baltimore, a young team and a nice utility fielder. I think they can definitely 
kind of do something out of there. And then Justin Turner. People are talking about how he's not going to be on the Dodgers anymore, but he was kind of a clubhouse leader on that team. I think he stays with the Dodgers, but at the same time, they're starting to slowly morph away from the Dodgers that we know. You know, Freeman was not part of that championship team. Uh, you know, not, now there's, um, you know, no more Corey Seager. Cody Bellinger's probably going to leave this year. Um, so, you know, so given all of that and like the roster turnover, I think maybe that that's a move that the Dodgers are kind of moving on. But I think I think the Dodgers are going to keep them from one more go around. I thought the same thing, too, here. It's boring again. <laughs> uh, Brandon Drury. Let's see. He was traded to the Padres this year. I don't think they're going to retain him. Um, if the Sox don't go after, um, you know, uh, who did I say they go after Gene Segura? I'd put the White Sox as, as my leading candidate. I actually think he's going to stick with the Padres here. I definitely think they're going to try and keep some of these key uh, players and pieces that got them to the NLCS here. And now the big name, Aaron Judge. I think he stays with the Yankees, but I say that because Anthony Rizzo just got re-signed by the Yankees, and those two seem to always be next to each other in the dugout, which makes me think that Judge is going to want to stay now that he knows that, that Rizzo is going to be there for a little while longer. I agree with you on the Yankees here, and also the big factor is we've uh, we're actually only got um, a handful of uh, position players here, and we have not said Yankees for any of these other big names here. Who are they going to splurge that money on? They got the money to spend. I think pitching, I'd have to see who else, because I think in certain positions they're kind of locked in. You know, the Kiner Falefa, Donaldson, I don't think they're going to part ways with them. We'll see how healthy DJ LeMahieu is. If they don't retain Judge, then they're definitely going to have to go after an outfielder of some sort. And, you know, I'd have to see who else is up there, but this doesn't feel like a big year for outfielders. And then we got Will Myers. I, I, who was he on this year? The Padres? Yes. Yeah, I'd say stay with Padres. And I said the same thing. We're boring again. And then good old uh, Cubs World Series hero, Dexter Fowler. Uh, Nippon Ham Fighters. <laughs> okay. I said Oakland, but okay. <laughs> put, put down NPB. How about that? I, I get licensed to the entire Japanese league. Sure. And then uh, lastly, and for position players, White Sox, Adam Angle. Korean baseball organization. You are no fun here. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I, I honestly saw him going to Boston because that's where a lot of former White Sox players just seem <laughs> okay. to go here. All right. Okay, now we're going to move on to pitching. So let's start off with Carlos Rodon. White Sox. Really? I I, I, that's just a guess. I think the the real pick is probably Rangers or Mets. Actually, you know what? You know, I'm not going to be dumb about this. I want White Sox, but I think let's go Mets. I'm glad you said that because I said Rangers. Okay. So now we're different here again here, and I definitely And see... I hope one of us is right. Yeah. As much as I want him on the White Sox, I think he deserves to get that big contract and get to play for a, a team that's not an organizational mess like the White Sox. And a team that is willing to spend money yes. on a guy. Yep. All right, let's move on to uh, Clayton Kershaw. Dodgers, I think it's already kind of a done deal. I, I saw that too, but he was a big name on that list here, so definitely. Uh, Jacob deGrom. Interesting enough, he doesn't seem like he's going to come back to the Mets. He's expressed interest in the Rangers, and I'll stick with that. I think he goes to Texas. I think he's going to go to the other side of New York with the Yankees. Ooh, that's that'd be interesting. Me. Cole and DeGrom on the same team. I love it. I definitely think it would help them. That team needs it. And then Justin Verlander. Verlander I could see being a Yankee, but at the same time, um, let me let me backtrack on that one. I have a feeling the Astros don't bring him back, which is weird, um, considering that they, they took a chance on him this year. I think he chases the money and goes to the Mets. Interesting. I think he's going to stay with the Astros, because why would you get rid of the, your, uh, what, third-time Cy Young winner? And how much money they gave him this past year to do what he did. And I mean, I think this year he officially switched his Hall of Fame cap from Tigers to Astros. Absolutely. And then former White Sox and, and former Cub, Jose Quintana. Quintana really impressed with the Cardinals this year, getting traded to them. I think maybe that puts him on a little bit more of a competitive team. I'm going to throw the Giants out there. Interesting. I think he's going to be the third or fourth guy for the Yankees here because they definitely need that. Okay. And I think Quintana will be a very nice, solid one here. And then former Cub Wade Miley. Ooh. Um, I would think the Cubs would retain him, but I'm, I'm going to doubt that. So I'll say Baltimore. Interesting. I think he's going to go to the Toronto. Toronto Blue Jays? Okay. Another, te- another team that needs, you know, another no- solid three or four guy here. And I definitely, I, I see Miley's that sort of player here. Get some lefty pitching there, yeah. 
And then a uh, former cover of Rich Hill, who I didn't even know was still playing. I, you know, he's like 40 something years old. I think Rich Hill is going to be out of the league. I, I agree with you. So we're just going to say out of here. And then Noah Syndergaarder. Syndergaard was on the Phillies. He started with the Angels, was traded to the Phillies, uh, famously with the Mets. I, I don't think he'll be on any of those teams. I'm going to say Rangers. I said the same thing. This is boring now. And then Keg, uh, God, can I, he's on the team. I still can't say his name. Craig Kimbrell. Ooh, this is going to be tough because I don't think the Dodgers are going to want to retain him. So I will say the Arizona Diamondbacks. I said the same thing. Really? Why did we pick the same? Get out of my head! I, I almost said a word I can't say. Why, why would we pick the same crappy team here? I just definitely think like that's sort of a player that, you know, he's not going to win or lose you too many games. And just, I feel like the Diamondbacks might be one like, we're going to take a chance here because they're not really a team that's expected to do much. Mm-hmm. And then I have our second to last player, Drew Smiley. Uh, another Cub, another lefty. Uh, I don't think the Cubs will retain him. Let's say the Tigers. I said Minnesota. Oh, wow. So we think American League Central. We definitely okay. think that's where they're going here. And then this is our 31 and a half. Okay. But after looking at this list, this isn't the first player that we said this about. Uh, Dallas Keuchel. Mm, uh, Nippon Professional Baseball League. Uh, I think his mother's couch. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, so that is it. Uh, this will be posted to the Sports Cubicle Twitter page here, and you can play along with us. And if you do better than me and Paul, you can win yourself a Cleo Mac jersey. For Devin Tingle, Mike Mercado, Dan Marver, I'm the Paulacious one, Paul Shavari. Thank you for listening to the Sports Cubicle. You can follow us on Twitter at SportsCubicleTV. You are on WCPT 820, where facts matter. Free Brittany Griner. Santita starts your morning at 6 a.m. So long, everybody. I said Cleo Max name three times. You did not mention the Raiders trade once. Raiders won the trade.